Greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright, and this is the video uh, lesson series entitled How to Study the Bible or How to Study the Bible to Find Truth that You Can That Your Salvation Can Depend on. Uh, the title of this lesson, lesson number three, of uh, video number four, lesson number lesson number three is our problem, our challenge, and our need. Finding, knowing, and understanding the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the truth, is exclusively a work of revelation from him, through him, by his spirit. It is not an intellectual approach. It is not an intellectual pursuit. It is a spiritual pursuit. It's a spiritual pursuit pursuit this is this is so important jesus made the statement in matthew 22:29 he said jesus answered and said unto them ye do err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of god you do err not knowing not having knowing the scripture having a a, an understanding of the scripture, having the wisdom of the scripture, the revelation of the scriptures, and neither the power of God. You're in error because you don't know the scripture, the power of God. Mark 20, 12, 24, he said something similar. Do ye not therefore err because you know not the scriptures, neither the power of God? Not knowing the scripture is a dangerous, dangerous place to live. Because everything that comes along that sounds right or feels right becomes truth to you. It's not truth to God, but it's truth to you. Well, ultimately, his truth is going to win out over your truth every time. Not only in eternity, but in this life also. Not knowing the scripture is a dangerous place to live. Galatians 3.1 says... O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath evidently, hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. You started out, he said later, you, you having begun in the spirit, you now made perfect by the flesh. You started out in the spirit. You started out on the path of truth, but because you didn't really know the truth, therefore you didn't really obey the truth. You became bewitched. That's a, a curious word there to use, isn't it? It didn't mean you, you made a mistake. It doesn't mean you're just an error. But he, Paul is letting us know that very, swerving from the truth, being an error from the truth, uh, not following the truth, is apt, actually has a supernatural component. It, it, there is a spirit of deception working to cause us to be blind so we will not know truth. Hosea 4, 6 says it this way. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I also will forget thy children. What a frightening verse this is. 
How frightening is this? How, how absolutely terrifying is this? My people are destroyed. My people, they're my people, but they're destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, not worldly knowledge, but knowledge of God, I will also reject thee. That proves who he's re- what knowledge he's rejecting them because they rejected. They didn't just reject knowledge, this, this uh, general term knowledge. They rejected knowledge of God. He said, because you've rejected knowledge of me, I will also reject thee. That thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law. Forgotten doesn't mean, uh, uh, oh, it slipped my mind. You have, you have chosen something else. You've forgotten and abandoned the law of God to do something else, to follow some other path, some other knowledge, some other word, some other truth. You talk about describing our day today. But he said, If you've forgotten my word, I'm forgetting your children. I'm forgetting your children. Amos 8.11 says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. This country, this continent, has more wealth per capita than any peoples that's ever lived. There are some people in this country that go hungry, on this continent that go hungry. But 99.999% of all the people in this country have something to eat. There's not a famine of bread, not a famine, uh, uh, not a thirst for water. But the famine is from hearing the word of the Lord. It's not just a famine for the word of God. It's a famine for hearing the words of the Lord. And the word hearing here doesn't just mean hearing it audibly. But when I read the word of God, I'm supposed to hear the word. I'm supposed to take heed for what the word of God says. And then Hosea 4 and 1 says, Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. Because there's no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. Why? Because... They're living their own life by their own opinion, by their own way, by what they think. They, whoever the they are. Every society has had a they and has a they. And they say, and they do, and we follow they. Well, you can follow they if you want, but you're going to be lost. And the result of following they, there's no truth, there's no mercy, there's no knowledge of God in the land. And then Hosea 6 and 6 For I desired mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. What? God said, more than all that you do for me, more than all your service to me, I desire for you to have a, a knowledge of me, to know me more than all you do for me. Because if what you do for me, for me, all your service to me, is not a product of knowing me, I reject it. He rejects it. Isaiah 8 and 20 says, To the law and to the testimony, 
If they speak not according to this word, it is because there's no light in them. People preach every week. You can go on TV or internet or, 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 or radio or whatever. You find people preaching all the time. But if it's not according to the truth of the word of God, it's not acceptable. And why is that? Because there's no light in them. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse nine, beginning with verse nine. This is some of the most frightening verses in all of the Bible. If you fear God or reverence God, these verses should be enough to keep you sober all the time. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse nine, even him speaking of the Antichrist who's coming, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they might believe, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks, uh, we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, beloved. Brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief in the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, listen. Moses went in before Pharaoh had Aaron throw down the rod. It became a serpent. Moses called his musicians, magicians. They threw down the rod. It became a serpent. Miracles, some miracles can be duplicated by the adversary. So power and signs and lying wonders. <laughs> if you can be deceived by that, if the, if the sensational and the spectacular are more impressive to you than the supernatural, the true supernatural of God, you're in trouble. And why is the case? Why is it that people are deceived by that? Because of the deceivableness of unrighteousness in, in them that perish, verse 10. Why? What makes them susceptible to being impressed by the miracles and deceived by all this stuff? Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Because truth is superior to every miracle that could ever be performed. Even miracles performed by God. Truth, the truth of the word of God is superior to all of that. More reliable than all of that. More reliable. For this cause, because they didn't believe the truth, but had pleasure and unrighteousness. Because they didn't believe the truth. Because they don't have a love for the truth. A passion for the truth. For this cause, God shall send them. Meaning, he will give permission He's not responsible for it, but he gives permission for spirits of delusion to come to them and deceive them. Why? Because they'll believe a lie. Why won't will they believe a lie? Because they don't have a love for the truth. And God shall cause, for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure and unrighteousness. There it is. There it is. There's the key. There's the key that unlocks the whole thing. What's the problem? What is it that would keep me from loving truth? 
I have pleasure in unrighteousness, and I don't want the truth to tell me, no, that's not right. No, this isn't good. I don't want the truth to tell me that. And so since I don't want the truth to tell me not to do the things I want to do, I open myself up to a lie, to a strong delusion. I believe lies so that I can live by the lust of my own flesh. And I call it truth. I call it truth, but it's not truth. It's a lie. But he said, we're bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit, belief of the truth. In other words, God chose you because you chose to believe him. You chose to put his the truth ahead of everything. You chose that. Dearly beloved, I beg of you, love the truth. Make the truth the most important thing in your life, above everything and everybody. I know people, I've had a relationship with people that said they believed the truth. They said they preached and believed the same thing I did. But when their kids would not live by that, they left that truth because they weren't willing to accept that their kids were lost. They, they forfeited the truth to try to believe, be able to believe their kids were saved. How foolish is that? How foolish is that? I'm not willing to be lost over anybody. I'm not willing to give up the truth for anybody. Not willing to do it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm in the United Pentecostal Church today because they just happen to believe the closest of anybody I have found to what God has shown me for myself in the book. I'm not in the United Pentecostal Church because I believe what it believes. I'm in the United Pentecostal Church because what it believes is the closest to what God has shown me for myself. And the variations between what God, what, what the organization believes and what I believe are not salvation issues. Otherwise, I'd have to leave the United Pentecostal Church. Matthew chapter 13 verse 19 says, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. When the word of God is sown in my heart, but my will is to live according to the pleasure of my flesh, the unrighteousness of my flesh, the lusts of my flesh, I close off my ability to, to recognize what I'm hearing as the word of God and I reject it because it condemns what I want to do, how I want to live. And that's those that receive the seed by the wayside. Oh God, have mercy. In another, in, in, in the parable, the birds of the air come and take the seeds, eat the seeds that falls on the, on the wayside ground. I don't want the devils taking the word out of my heart because I don't believe the word. Let me go farther. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse one. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, we have received mercy. We faint not. As we have received mercy, we faint not. 
but renounce the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ to his image of God should shine on them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Our gospel's hid. It's hid to them that are lost. Why are they lost? Because they have cooperated with the God of this world, blinding their minds, blinding their minds, blinding their minds so that they cannot recognize the truth as the truth when they hear it. Oh, God, I, I want to be saved. I want to be saved. I don't want to be blind. I want the light of the word of God to shine everywhere in my heart on everything in my heart. And I've received the grace of God in the name of Jesus to enable me to live by that light, which I cannot do on my own. In Jesus' name, I pray the same for you. The above verses and others that follow in this section plainly declare the danger of an intellectual-only approach to finding and knowing God and seeking an understanding of him through his word. Again, John 4, 24 says, God is a spirit. You cannot know a supernatural being through natural means. You can only know him supernaturally. Finding, knowing, and understanding God, who is the truth, is exclusively a work of revelation from him through his spirit. I can't say this too much. I've said it in the previous lessons. I'm saying it in this lesson. I'll be saying it in future lessons. God is a spirit. I can only know him by the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, according to Ephesians chapter 1, so his spirit can enlighten my, the eyes of my heart and I can know him and know his truth. I have to love him, love his spirit, love his word, love the truth, and be willing to submit to that truth if I'm going to walk in him. If I let pride lead me to pursue him intellectually rather than with my heart and my spirit, I will be deceived. But according to Proverbs 11 and 2, pride only leads to shame. It does not lead to God, and that's guaranteed. Knowing and understanding God is a matter of honest and sincere pursuit from an earnest heart. Those who seek him and study his word simply out of curiosity or even worse, to justify self-will and a lifestyle unrestricted by God's boundaries, are guaranteed to find exactly what they're looking for. An excuse to avoid God, an excuse to live by their own opinions and their own ways. And they're trying to avoid him, they will not have the privilege of knowing him. Jesus' name, how sad is this? How deeply troubling is this? So many times I've preached to a crowd of people and watched two people sit right by, side by side 
And one goes, oh, this is God speaking to me. Thank you, God, for talking to me. This is what I need for salvation. And this one sitting right by them gets all angry and offended because they don't want to hear what's being said. God help us. God help us. Jeremiah 8 and 9 says, The wise men are ashamed. They are dismayed and taken low. They have rejected the word of the Lord. What wisdom is in them? If I don't believe the Bible, I am not wise. I don't care how many degrees I've got after my name. And if I don't believe the Bible is the word of God, I don't have any wisdom. I may have intellectual knowledge, but I don't have any wisdom. And I don't have enough wisdom and knowledge to be saved. And I don't know how to be saved. No matter how much I think I know, I know nothing if I don't know God. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 3. If any man teach otherwise, consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the doctrine which is according to godliness. He is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth. Supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. What what a description. What a terrible description. Uh, 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 what a description of the terrible condition that a person's in if they don't know and believe the truth of the word of God. And, and how deceived is this? That they, they're proud, they, they know nothing, but they, they're, they're, they're doting about Questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy and strife and railings and perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. And Paul is telling us, withdraw yourself from them. Don't fellowship with that. Don't fellowship with that. And then Paul says it so distinctly and consistently. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 7. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. How's that possible? They're students of the Bible. How how can they be ever learning and never come to the the knowledge of the truth? Because they're pursuing it it with the abilities of their own mind through human intellect. Human ability to figure it out. And it'll never happen. The only way I can know truth is by revelation from God. That's why the Lord said to Peter and to the apostles, Who am I? Peter said, Thou art Christ, Son of the living God. And Jesus said, uh, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood hath not, hath not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And the Lord said, and he prayed and said, Father, I thank you that you've hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes. This has got to be spiritual. It cannot be intellectual. It cannot be intellectual. I don't care what Bible school you're going to, what graduate program you're a part of. If you're doing it intellectually and not spiritually, you are actually setting yourself up for deception. If the pride of your education causes you to trust your own intellect, you are setting yourself up for deception and destruction. 
Titus 1.14, Paul said, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of, tr- of men that turn from the truth. I can listen to stuff and receive it, and it turned me from the truth. Why? Because I don't have a love for the truth. I'm not pursuing things supernaturally, spiritually, as the Word of God has said. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 18, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. And that's the tragedy. So many people that don't have the truth, that don't believe the truth, that are living deception, they're deceiving others and causing them to be lost right along with this. That's why I've got to take the personal responsibility for finding truth from the Word of God for myself. That's why when I'm listening to somebody preach, I've got to have enough Word in here to know whether or not what's being said is in the Word of God. And if I pursued the Word of God supernaturally, spiritually, and allowed the Lord to be my teacher, my guide, when somebody else is talking, His Spirit will give me the confidence I'm speaking. Or if He's not speaking, His Spirit will say to me, that's not me. That's their intellect. And even if a person, even if what a person's saying is true, if they're saying it naturally instead of supernaturally, it's deception. It's deception. It doesn't even matter if what they're saying is true, if they're saying it in their own strength with their own ability, in their own intellect, it is deception because they're trying to get you to put faith in men rather than God. Second, second uh, Peter chapter 3, verses 14 through 16 says this, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless, and account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them uh, of of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they they that are unlearned and unstable rest or wrestle, as they also do other the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Wow. Peter's saying here that the church had recognized that the writings of Paul were scripture. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. An account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them things, uh, of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable twist as they do also the other scriptures under their own destruction. There are many, many, many people in our world that study the Bible. And they may be good people. And they may be sincere people. 
But if they're doing it themselves intellectually and they're not doing it biblically, then they're setting themselves up for deception and they're setting themselves up to deceive others. They're doing this because it is, they are approaching it in a way that Jesus did not teach us. I want to close this segment with some of the most powerful words that Paul wrote. It's a lengthy reading. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now that follows chapter 1 where the scripture says that God in the wisdom of God has determined by that man by wisdom can't find God. So listen to what he says and how, how it's incumbent upon every man of God to approach studying the word of God supernaturally, not intellectually, and that our ministry must also be supernatural, not intellectual. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came unto you, came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was weak with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. What he mean was, I recognized my own shortcoming and my limitations and that I couldn't save you by anything I said. And so in my in humility before God, I let him do the talking because I can't save you with my words. Verse 4, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. I didn't use oratory to try to persuade you, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. What demonstration of the Spirit? The most important demonstration spirit of all, uh, uh, demonstration of the spirit of all is when a man of God lets God use his mind and voice and tongue to supernaturally speak to God's people. That is the greatest demonstration of the spirit and of the power or the authority of God that you can possibly experience. It's the greatest one. Paul said in my Speech of my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but a demonstration of the spirit and of the of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are not, that are perfect or mature, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught. Intellectual wisdom is going to come to nothing. Because what's known today as Absolute truth will not be absolute truth tomorrow, naturally speaking. The only absolute truth in existence is the absolute truth of God and his word. Everything else changes. God's the only one that doesn't change. Verse 6 again. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the prince of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of this uh, of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world under our glory. We speak the wisdom of God that has been hidden from natural man. God has hidden. The word mystery there doesn't mean incomprehensible. The word in the Greek means mysterian means that which is covered or hidden. So we're speaking now that which has been hidden, that God is now revealing to his glory and to be able to demonstrate who are his people. Those that he's revealed the truth to are his people. 
But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The devil and those that were doing his bidding would not have crucified the Lord Jesus Christ if they had known that what they thought was their greatest victory was going to be their greatest defeat. Because in crucifying him, they provided the means where God could save us, whereby God could save us. And then he goes on and says, but as is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither is entered the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. Now, that's not talking about prayer. Ooh, that's talking about God revealing them unto us in his word, by his word, through his word, as he speaks them to us and opens our mind and our understanding, our spirit to them by revelation. Man doesn't like this, and religious man hates all of this. They're very upset by this because it means they're not in control. I'm not in control to be able to learn the things of God by my intellect when I feel like it. I can only know the things of God by revelation, and he controls that. I don't, and you don't either. And if I'm not going to humble myself like Paul, and determine I don't know anything, so God teach me whatever you want me to know. That everything I think I know is nothing. And all the wisdom I may have naturally, and all the knowledge I may have naturally, is nothing. And I give all that to you, and I'm determined not to know any of that, so that I can know only what you teach me, Father. This is Bible. Are you going to do it? This is the Word of God. Is that going to be the determination of your heart? Or are you going to try to find a way to continue to search God through your intellect and your timing so you can be in control? But God has revealed these hidden things to us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, verse 10 says, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. No man knows the things of the God. And the only one that can teach us those things is God. And I'm sitting here talking to you today, but if this is not the Spirit of wisdom, not the Spirit of revelation, You can't receive it. And it's not going to be any benefit to you. Because only God knows how to say the things to your spirit that that turns on light in your mind and light in your spirit and light in your heart. Only God can do that. No man can do that. That's why Paul said, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. How how in the world have we missed this? How do we miss this? How do we pursue God intellectually and totally ignore these things? How do we do that? Don't you believe in teaching, Brother Wright? Yes. Don't you believe in education when it's supernaturally empowered? Yes. That's what teaching is all about, is impartation of knowledge and wisdom and understanding supernaturally as God speaks through man, to man, who has a heart to receive what's being spoken. Which things also we speak, 
Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. I can't know the things God wants me to know except by his spirit. I can't know them. I can't hear them. I can't know them, can't understand them, can't have wisdom in them. I can't receive them except supernaturally. Which things we also speak, not the words of man's wisdom teaching, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things unto spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So the Bible is not a supernatural book, it's a natural book. I know it's printed on, on, on paper. I know it's a, it's in a digital format. But it's not natural. It's supernatural. And it can't be received any other way but supernaturally. It can't be. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For what man knoweth, for who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And how did we receive the mind of Christ? By revelation from God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that you would receive today, by the grace of God, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened. I pray in Jesus' name that you receive the the spirit of grace, that you'd be empowered to die out to yourself and Bring yourself to God. Present yourself to God as a blank slate that he might teach you and make you what he'd have you to be. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God bless you. Amen.